But here's the thing with the F4 visa, we have all these wonderful benefits mm -hmm. as if we're citizens, but we are not required to go to the military. You as a male are not required, mm -hmm. but if you were a citizen, you would have to go. Right. How does that make you feel? Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Becky and sitting across from me is Cedric Skysetti, your co-host of the Halfway Project podcast. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was my new intro. That was a very chill intro. Yeah, I was, I've been practicing it actually. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were going to come out the bat swinging just like. Usually I'm like, hey guys, welcome to the podcast. But I just, I felt it was a little bit much. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll bring in the noise. What's up, everyone? This is Cedric Skysetti, the co-host of the Happy Project Podcast. Wait, you can't overshadow me like that. Now <laughs> my I, bad, my bad. Now I feel like I was supposed to do something better. No, 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 no. Yours is really good. Very proper. Now you feel obligated to say it. That's yeah. fine. It's cool. I'm over it. I'm over it already. That was the intro, guys. I'm over the intro. Okay. So welcome. Moving on. Welcome to the podcast. And if this is your first time tuning into the Happy Project Podcast, well, you are in for a treat. Here we talk about the mixed race experience, third culture, adoptees, and as both of us are half Korean and living currently in South Korea, this is where it's all beginning, here in the motherland. And we talk about all kinds of topics. What are some kind of topics we talk about? We talk about, of course, the experience of half Koreans mm -hmm. living abroad, living mm -hmm. in Korea. Living both. Is that it? Yeah. You missed everything in orientation. <laughs> I didn't have an orientation. I just, just got thrown stop. in here. Don't give them a I'm just kidding. But today we're going to talk about something. I mean, uh, well, today is it's not history heavy, okay? But we're going to talk a little bit about something that we know from our own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And the question that we want to discuss a bit about is, is it fair for F4 visa holders to not have to go to the Korean military? Ooh. That's the intro question. Very good question. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, well, I am the man <laughs> in this partnership uh, here. Are you? Are yes, you? yes, okay. and the reason why I say that is because as a man, uh -huh. uh, considering if I were born in Korea, I would have to be, I would be obligated to serve right. in the Korean military. Right. It's good to give a little bit of background yeah. to some of our listeners. So here in Korea, and I believe uh, the year that the mandatory conscription into the Korean military started was 1957. So conscription, mandatory conscription to the military in South Korea. Mm -hmm has existed since 1957. It requires all male citizens with Korean citizenship right. to go to the Korean military uh, between ages 18, when they become officially an adult, and up to age 28. You have to conscript. Conscript? Ipte. Join? Yeah, I guess enlist. Enlist. Enlist would word. be the better word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually thought that was implemented much later, but to my surprise, it was uh, probably just a couple of years after the Korean War mm -hmm. uh, was, I guess we couldn't say officially over, but uh, after no, the no, Korean the War. the war is still happening. Exactly, yeah. technically. That's the thing. We're still country at war. Right, yeah. right. Uh, yeah, so I think this is interesting because... Uh, actually, both of us, mm -hmm. we grew up in military families, yeah. so we do have experience with how the fighting military works. War. Oh. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> and also fighting in war. <laughs> Just um, but, but yeah, so I think we can bring somewhat of a unique perspective to mm -hmm. this 
hypothetical question mm-hmm. uh, of, well, I guess it's not a hypothetical question. It's just uh, we're speculating here. That's right. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up with a father who was in the military, in the Air Force, served 26 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, very proud uh, that he was my father and he served. And uh, I also have a lot of military friends. Yes. Yeah, because growing up in a military town, I mean, obviously you're going to have inevitable. friends. Yeah, you yeah. You live around the base, so it seems most people around the base yeah, are I mean, from the military. Exactly. I've, I've had friends that have gone to war, gone overseas, mm-hmm. uh, and fought in Iraq, Iran. Um, and so I have a very, I, th- I guess, I guess it is a unique perspective mm-hmm. on the military versus the common person or the common U.S. citizen. Right. Because I do have a respect for the military and what right. the military does. Right. Yeah. And so this question here, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it. Uh, it's multi-layered. It is. That's the thing because, okay, let, I'm trying to... Um, let me peel back the layers okay. for our listeners to kind of understand, especially those who have no um, experience being in the military, military family, or here in Korea, mm-hmm. okay? Because it can be hard to, to grasp. So like we already said, in Korea, you if you are a male citizen, you are required to join the Korean army, and that's about two years, maybe three years if you're an officer, including training and your service. And um, that's like taking two or three years of the best time of your life between 18 to 28, which some people would say the best part of your life, right? It used to be up to 30, but yeah. then they changed the law recently, and now you have to enlist before you're 28, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's that. So Korean men grow up with this perspective of, oh my gosh, dreading the army, because I am I have to go at some point, right? Sometimes in the middle of your university year, sometimes you join, you go to university much later than some of your other friends because you want to get military out over beforehand, mm-hmm. or you start work later because, you you know, so it really can be um, either a disrupting factor in, in the, for a Korean male. This is what I have witnessed with some of my friends. There's that perspective. However, if you don't go to military, like we have talked before, um, on a, a, a YouTube video with Ayman, if you don't go to Korean military, it can be hard to, as a male, find your proper place in the Korean society and the work structure. Okay. Right. So all of those things, it's very culturally, um, implicit. Okay. Right. So that's important in the U S however, going to the military is like an honor, right? You're, it's considered like, wow, you made a sacrifice for yeah. the country, which yeah. is a different mindset than what you're going to find here. Right. Uh, but sometimes it can also be looked at as, oh, you couldn't really make it into college or you couldn't true, really true. do anything. But yeah. I think generally speaking, uh, we do look up to the military mm-hmm. in the States and we do honor them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember <laughs> growing up that, you know, there are those that were very uh, just bent on going into the military after high school. Sure. Some people really wanted to. Right, yeah. right. And again, a lot of my friends did that. Mm. Uh, and then there were, so there was that crew. And those were the people that you uh, really had respect for. And then there were those that, uh, I guess the society there in that context was like, well, they couldn't really make anything mm. of their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, the easiest thing would be to just join But even that's not a bad option. It's, Say, it's you, really you not. You can't figure out what to do with yourself or you're just like wasting your time, but you want to you know, eventually you're like, yeah, I need to do something with my life. Right. Military is not a bad choice. It's not. And also it can get you through school because you can actually, uh, get your college Mm -hmm. tuition paid for. That's right. So that's another cool option. Mm -hmm. But here in Korea, those don't exist. Right. So it's a whole nother world, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, so, so when I think about the Korean military here to echo what you said, 
the vibe that I get is it's not something that people mostly aspire to to join. <laughs> I feel like that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm again, this is based off of things that I've heard mm. over the years. Um, I haven't really met anyone. I don't think I've met anyone that was like, yeah, I'm really happy to have gone to the military. Oh, well, except for I mean, Iman. Well, post. Let, let's explain this. Okay. It, I feel like it's mixed feelings a lot of the time. Sure. Every single person that I've met who's gone to the military, and this includes people who have gone in as doctors or lawyers, you know, sometimes those very specialized uh, positions, those are different, or people who went in as officers versus people who went in as katusa, mm-hmm. and those who just went as regular clinin, just army. Okay, I have uh, talked to everybody. I was actually very uh, close with the Korean military for many reasons, but I would visit the bases hmm. and talk to the soldiers uh-huh. and all of that, and that came off really sketchy. <laughs> but nothing weird, guys. <laughs> nothing weird, okay? But anyway, right. I had an opportunity to talk to many soldiers, people who were about to go in, people who were already in and those who had left and always the mindset that I would hear before is I'm dreading it I don't mm. want to go mm-hmm. and then those who are in it would you know it could be very like I can't wait till it's over um, but then afterwards it would always be I'm so glad I went I'll never go again oh, right I would okay. never do it again sure but I'm glad for the experience okay so I feel like it's it's one of those kind of struggles Right. I mean, I guess hindsight is always twenty twenty, and you're always... You gain a lot. You gain a lot, but you also see, like, the, the, the benefits of going through whatever you go through, like, whatever hardship, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure uh, that those guys, they have to uh, go through a lot of, like, disciplining, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of training, and also learning how to respect elders. So I think that right. does prepare them for the Korean society a little it's bit. It's a rite of passage mm-hmm. in Korea. In the U.S., No. But in Korea, I would say it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. That mm-hmm. sounds about right. Um, for me, being an F four visa holder, I was just about to wheel this around and yeah. ask you because for me, I'm you know I'm not required. You're good. I'm You're okay. cool. And even if I did go to the military, you know, as a woman, I would just become an officer. Mm-hmm. They would just make me an officer because then you avoid all of the you know sexism and all of that for the most part where they try to right but um i wouldn't have to go on as a foot I, you know soldier. i don't even know how it uh-huh. how it works with women in the military but that's a whole nother uh-huh. you know topic there. yeah yeah but first of all uh just in case nobody knows what we're talking about in terms of visas <laughs> like f4 what is that uh-huh. we'll explain right so obviously there are many different types of visas yeah. that allows you to stay in certain countries we're talking about korea here um for different reasons whether it be for a job for uh, school mm-hmm. or starting a business mm-hmm. the f4 visa f series visa there are different f visas the f series visas um allow you to stay here usually for an extended period of time up into uh, where they can call you a permanent resident with the F5 visa. Mm-hmm. F2 visa is for, say, an, uh, an expat or foreigner who basically earn their right to stay in this country mm-hmm. and they don't have to be tied to a job, right. right? You have to take classes and pass the language requirements. Yeah, like so there's a point system set up for that yeah. where if you get an, a certain amount of points, then you're awarded that visa. Mm-hmm. And you could stay here, I think it's two years, or you might have to renew every year, mm-hmm. but it's usually quite easy mm-hmm. to renew. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of requirements there. F4 is what Becky and I have because we have at least one uh, parent who right. was born here in Korea, was a Korean citizen. Was a Korean citizen. Right, in our case, well, I don't know about the case with your mom, but my mom, she renounced her citizenship mm-hmm. in the 90s. So mm-hmm. she is no longer a Korean citizen, she is just a US citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Uh, I am still able to because my mom was a Korean citizen. And y- she was on the family registry. Right, so exactly. So they can... They can have evidence right they can have evidence yeah. that she is my mom uh and because of that i'm able to get an f4 visa which this visa allows me to stay here again not tied to a job mm-hmm. i can actually start a business if i wanted to mm-hmm. this visa is one of the closest if not the closest visa to being a korean citizen That's right. minus just a couple of things right so actually we just discovered today one more thing that it's not a lot of f4 visa but we will say that f4 visa is like the golden ticket it is <laughs> the golden it, ticket of visas right here uh, you're not required to speak fluently. You're not required to take language classes or pass a certain, you know, requirement. You're mm-hmm. not required to even have kind of a diploma or degree, nothing like mm-hmm. that. Um, so they're not checking your career, you know, what would you call it? Career desirability. It's yeah. not, nothing of that either. If you don't have a job, you don't have a place to live, but you had a, a, a relative who was a Korean citizen, can even be your grandparent, I believe. Right, right. You are able to get this visa. You are eligible. And once you have this visa, you are free to come and go in Korea without renewing it every time you leave. You don't have a limit of 30, 90 days. You know, you can renew it pretty much endlessly. Right. And it's really easy to renew. You can go to a job and leave the job. You're not tied to a certain company or position. And um, what can you not do? You can't vote. That's for one. That's right. And you also can't get uh, <laughs> we just learned that today. Right. You can't get like a, a loan for an apartment. Right. That's something we learned. Like yeah, like at a bank or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can't do and that. there's there's some of those kind of restrictions. But in general, if we're talking about career, starting a business, buying a house, honestly, you're like a Korean citizen. Yeah. And so huge benefits even at the airport when you're coming in you can go through the korean line not the immigration line exactly so that's that's a power tip for you uh who have f4 visa f4 visa holders i didn't know that the first year i was here so i would have to like wait in the the foreigner line but you can actually go to the korean side it's actually a good thing because you can pick whichever line is longest exactly exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah. so i guess it depends on when you're flying out or if you're coming in Mm -hmm. yeah so so yeah the f4 visa is such a powerful visa and that's why we're talking about that today because we have all of these benefits Mm. uh, as a person who was born to Korean parents Mm -hmm. but we don't have to do some of the things that every Korean exactly every Korean citizen male has to go to the military in which I did not have to you know we're kind of uh in a way we are pointing out the flaws of something that we are benefiting from so greatly mm-hmm. so please no government officials listen to this podcast <laughs> but but here's the thing with the f4 visa we have all these wonderful benefits mm-hmm. as if we're citizens but we are not required to go to the military you as a male are not required mm-hmm. but if you were a citizen you would have to go right. how does that make you feel well, on one hand, it does make me feel lucky, mm. right? Because I personally, being a U.S. citizen, that's I was born into U.S. citizenship, I feel like it is my right to not have to go to a oh, military service. right to not go. Okay. Right, but that's, that's from the angle of being a U.S. citizen. Yeah. But also from the angle of enjoying all of the, or most of the benefits of Uh, living in Korea and almost being a Korean citizen from that angle I could see how people who were required to go Uh and have gone can maybe take an issue with that would they resent that if they knew I don't know you know I feel like I feel you know I feel like 
I feel like most people probably would understand and be like, dude, you're lucky. That's cool. You know? Right, right. I don't I, think anyone would like, outspokenly be like, you no. have to go to the military Yeah, I, I think most people will be reasonable and yes. just feel like that I, I got lucky, which that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. But then there's going to be a few that are like, well, he will never be Korean. I will this never consider him thing. Korean. This, this is the thing that I kind of take. Let's see if I can, if I can capture because the fleeting thought just ran through my brain and I wanted to bring it up. You can live practically as a Korean citizen. You have all of those benefits, but you are not required to go to the military. So it's kind of like you have the right to not go to the military, but you also have the right to enjoy all the benefits of being a citizen. But it's kind of weird because while you have all of those things simultaneously, you'll never be considered as Korean right. here. Oh, right. Do you see what I mean? So, so like either way. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, either way, nobody has anything they can say against that. Mm-hmm. Because if they say, wait, if you are F4 visa, then that means you're Korean. That means you are required to go to military. Then it's kind of like, then why don't you treat him like a Korean in every aspect of society? Right. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So in that regard, then I feel like it's not a problem. Like, yeah, I don't have to go to the military, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, it is a weird footing between these lines of being Korean and being not Korean. But isn't that what this is all about? Yeah, honestly? yeah. I mean, and I'm also thinking about uh, how I see the military in the States. If mm-hmm. someone who is, say, a naturalized citizen joins yeah. the military, you're a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you're naturalized, period, if you're an immigrant, I don't care who you are, I will still consider you a U.S. What citizen. What about people, like, in the past who uh, went to the U.S. military? If you go to U.S. military, then you become naturalized. Mm-hmm. You gain your, you win your citizenship. Mm-hmm. Do you consider them as citizens just by going to the U.S. military? Yeah, as long as they, uh, I mean, I don't see why... Like, I don't see any negative reason for them to join or mm-hmm. any, like, ulterior motive. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Because there is, like, a U.S. citizen doesn't come in one shape or color or form mm-hmm. or, you know, way of becoming a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Like, for example, my grandmother, my harmony, my mom's mom, she was Korean, and she lived with us uh, in the States, but she was always a Korean citizen, just kind of here i guess she was on a green card i was a kid i don't know Mm -hmm. but i remember the moment that she became a u.s citizen Mm -hmm. uh in her 70s and i remember i didn't go but i remember that we have pictures of her swearing in and my dad and mom were there Mm -hmm. and she was crying and everything because she was just so happy Mm -hmm. like and my grandma can't speak english Mm -hmm. uh or couldn't speak english but she was still a u.s citizen Mm -hmm. by right Mm -hmm. through naturalization Mm -hmm. so here in korea i feel like that I mean, because the military I, concept is so different than in the yeah. U.S. Even if you say you, as you are now with your F4 visa, decided to go to the Korean military, I don't think you'd come out with a Korean citizenship. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is true. Well, I don't think I can even go in, but... Uh, I, At this point? I don't know. I mean, no, with it, as an F4. Yeah. Also, the age limit. I gave it away. <laughs> I gave it away. No, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm at the age no, limit. you no? have to go before 28. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, maybe, so maybe moving on, <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. so I feel like it's easier for me to, uh, or it's easier for me to accept that someone can become a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. through any legal means mm-hmm. uh, and for me to just consider them a U.S. citizen versus a Korean considering someone who is from the quote-unquote outside mm-hmm. being a Korean. So mm-hmm. I think 
in Korea is still, you know, your citizenship is still mentally tied to your ethnicity. Right. Do you think it's fair then, coming straight back to that question, now mm. that we have talked about all of these I things, still haven't answered that keeping this all in perspective, huh? yeah. Do you then think it's fair for you to have all these benefits, these rights? You can come and go as you please, you can take money from this country and use it as you like, right? You have all of this, but you don't bear the citizen's responsibility or the burden to vote or go to the military. Do you think that's fair? I, I feel kind of nervous asking I, this yeah, question. Yeah, I want to, because um, again, I, I haven't put too much thought into this, but uh, I want to be careful with my words mm-hmm. and my answer. I don't know if I think it's fair. It's very complicated. I, 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 consider, I consider it a benefit mm-hmm. that I don't have to do it mm-hmm. and get this visa. Um, but fair, I don't know. Because here's the thing. Yeah. If every guy has to go to the military because they are Korean, if I want to be considered Korean, whether I'm half Korean or not, wouldn't it be fair that I would go as well mm-hmm. because I had to. That's right. So I think that's fair. So what I think, uh, this is semantics. Yeah. We're coming down to rights. Uh-huh. I think we're coming down to citizenship rights as opposed to what's fair and what's not fair. So maybe the question was quite slanted because uh, you kind of touched on it before. It's my right mm-hmm. to not go mm-hmm. because I have U.S. citizenship. You have U.S. citizenship rights and those rights are I hate to use the word now. They trump these <laughs> these mm-hmm. requirements to go to the Korean military. Right. So I think it honestly Ooh. comes down to to this. My rights as this kind of citizen, my rights as that kind of citizen. It is weird to say as a Korean citizen, I have a right to go to the Korean army because it's more like mandatory, but I mm-hmm. guess it is a right. You know? It is kind of like... Um, it's like they have the right to call themselves a Korean citizen uh, because they went because to the army. Because they went to the military. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, I mean, it's a weird question and it's hard to put yourself in a kind of like not benefiting situation because that's the position we're in when we're discussing this. Right. Yeah, and it's probably weirder for you. It, I mean, it is because initially I I think my position was, yeah, it's, it's cool that I don't go, mm-hmm. right? But then now that I'm thinking about it and we're unpacking all of this, uh, I'm thinking twice. Mm-hmm. But what you said about the fact that I do have the uh, the U.S. citizenship, that does give me a right, I guess, to not go. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the the rules and the laws are set up the way they are with our visa type mm-hmm. and also the fact that we're U.S. citizens, from that standpoint, I don't see an issue, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and I just call myself lucky and I'm very thankful and grateful that I don't have to go. Mm-hmm. Now... When I think about uh, one of the recent guests on the Happy Project, Ayman, mm-hmm. who is Egyptian Korean, he he had uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He had both citizenships, right. Korean and uh, Egyptian. Egyptian. But when he came of age to become an adult, he would risk forfeiting his Korean citizenship unless he went to the army. We should have brought that up. Yeah, once you reach, um, if you have dual citizenship, say Korean and Egyptian in this case, once you reach of age, 18 in Korea, you'll be required to either say, yes, I will go to the Korean military or mm-hmm. you revoke your Korean citizenship. Right. So that that's the point. Right, and someone like Ayman's, he 
decided he wanted to keep his citizenship, mm -hmm. so he went to the army. Mm -hmm. And for someone like him who didn't grow up in Korea, and at that point he couldn't even speak Korean, uh, barely could say a greeting, uh, he decided to go. And I have so much respect for that. Honestly. Like, seriously. Yeah. If, you know, hindsight, me being the age that I am now, if I was Ayman's age, if I was his age and faced with that decision, knowing what I know now, honestly, I'm pretty sure I would have chosen to go. Oh, oh! I thought you were about to say, I, <laughs> I got a little ahead Again, of myself. Knowing what uh -huh. I know now, knowing that I could keep both citizenships. Yeah. I figured uh, you would go if you if you were given the choice. Well, yeah, in that because now looking back, thinking about me at twenty, twenty one, mm -hmm. twenty two, I was such a young little kid. Like mm -hmm. you know, I have my whole life ahead I was of a me. Punk. No, no, I wasn't that. <laughs> no, uh -huh. but I I feel like what's two years? You know, what's two years? At and, that time, it feels like a lot. Oh, of course, exactly. That's why I'm saying hindsight. Oh, okay, so if you looking have the back mind now. Yeah, and. I could see myself if I had that for that forward thinking or that foresight a little bit. I could see myself at that time saying, "Okay, I'll do it. I I'll sacrifice." You, I think you would go. Honestly. I'll sacrifice because I knew that it would benefit me long term, mm -hmm. and I would have options. Because mm -hmm. we talk about this as well. Like, mm -hmm. should we at some point see if we can become naturalized Korean citizens? Yeah, you know, and you know, just level up from the F four. Level up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are. You know, a couple of more benefits that would be nice. And, mm -hmm. and for me, it would just, it would be so cool to just say, when someone says, oh, you're American or you're a foreigner. No, I'm not. Well, yeah. I mean, it's sad that we have to reach that point yeah. to say, like, I have this piece of paper to prove to you, like, I am not what you think I am, mm -hmm. which is so silly. But yeah, I, I also agree with you. And now we don't have this question of military hovering over your head. I say your head. Right. <laughs> We, yeah, You're we, good. we don't have to worry about that. So in that regard, I don't see like, oh, problem with it. But for people who might be in the position of, well, I, I'm considering to get my Korean citizenship or something like that. And you're male and you are still of age. That's something to seriously consider mm -hmm. because you will have to face that at some point or revoke the citizenship. Right. Yeah. Right. And from that angle, if you are required to go in order to keep your citizenship, uh, then you'd say go. That's that's your advice. I would say if you want to keep your citizenship, then yeah, you're gonna have to. Mm -hmm. But oh, I, and if you see yourself living in Korea long term, it yeah. would be. A, and and you don't look for Korean, mm -hmm. I would say it's a benefit. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. But if you don't have plans on staying here long term, then mm -hmm. I just go F four, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't go through that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I think I think that a lot of people. They, you know, they grew up knowing a lot of guys, they grew mm -hmm. up knowing that they would have to serve in the military, but it's not something that they necessarily want to do. Mm -hmm. And if they could change it, I'm sure they would. Probably many of them. Mm, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, again, before entering the military, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like uh, asking any high schooler or, you know, I guess any kid, mm -hmm. if you could change this one thing about Korean society, would you? I can imagine probably imagine some people if would. they would be honest. It's hard to say, though, honestly, because mm -hmm. it's such a foundation not a foundation just vital yeah important, important mm -hmm. to korean society and the hierarchy system and business and workspaces and how men interact with each other and and learning respect it's so intrinsically tied to military life i mean korea if you think about it historically even when we had a quote-unquote democracy they were oftentimes militaristic 
you know, it was kind of a dictatorship in some ways. And so the military had overthrown the government at some points. And I think I'm talking about, I don't want to toss out names. I need to look at my facts first. But you definitely have those moments in Korean history where even the government was just very militaristic. And I feel like that's inside the Korean DNA, you know, this right. recent history of growing up in the soldier mindset. And considering that we're still a country at war, I mean, it makes perfect sense that we would still then be going by those regi regiments, you know, this, this kind of militaristic point of view. So in that regard, if we do take out the military aspect in Korea. We remove this mandatory conscription. Mm -hmm. What changes will that bring? Will it then be the same Korean society that we know? Wow. This might be a different topic, but I feel like yeah. we're kind of touching on that a little bit. Right. Mm. I mean, would it move more towards the, I guess, the Western U.S. way of thinking? About to where, the military. Right, about the military and how it shapes the country. Because again, Korea has become... Uh, is is more of a recent democracy mm. you know it was more of a dictator type of country for a bit mm. up until a couple decades ago uh, and so you know would would korea begin to look even more like how the states i guess runs the government and runs the society you know to where military service yeah we, we want you to join and but it's your choice so i had a friend in university and he was, um, I think he was Brazilian Kyopo, right? Um, so in my university, there were like 10 Koreans. So by obligation, we all hung out with each other, right? Mm -hmm. And so there was one kid, he was two years younger than me. And I remember when he came in and we were all like, oh, very excited to meet him. He didn't speak any Korean and he barely spoke English. He mostly spoke Portuguese, right? Being Brazilian Korean. And so we were kind of... We embraced him because he was quote-unquote Korean. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember everyone was like trying to get along with him uh. but having a hard time <laughs> because like he seemed not interested in anything we were talking about or doing, probably because he couldn't understand much of it. And um, I remember the day we were all talking with the like some of the oppa the oppas, and they were talking about Korean military. Of course, mm -hmm. so, you know, when Korean guys talk about Korean military, so they're talking about that. And he was just sitting silently, silently, silently. And he looks so sad. And we are like, why? Why are you so sad? Because he usually shows no emotion whatsoever when mm -hmm. we're having conversations. And he was like, I have Korean citizenship. And we were like, oh, what? what? You know, and the oppas were like, ah, you know, beep, beep, beep. No, no, <laughs> you have to go to the military. Ah, they were like really, really teasing him, teasing yeah. him. And we felt so sorry at that moment because he looked so sad, even because his citizenship, right? And he wanted to keep the citizenship, I think because his parents eventually wanted to move back to Korea. Mm -hmm. And so they were making him go to the military. Dang. And I remember that was my first time I had a feeling of like, oh, this Korean military can't be good, you know, because he seemed so sad. But in his shoes, what would you do? You know, I, I can't even grasp what that must feel like because at that young age so you're saying now looking back you would say yeah i'll do it because you know it's worth it blah, blah, blah. But at that young age all i imagine is just like a black hole yeah <laughs> i had to dive into this not even willingly yeah you feel like part of your life is just being scooped out mm. and there's you know you're going to be missing out on so much mm. but but you will gain a lot yeah if yeah we're living in this korean militaristic society right if if you're you know, if you're just going to join the military and then go back to Brazil, like, 
I'm like, dude, just give it up. You know, get <laughs> really? get the F4. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure there are nuances to different situations too. So it's hard to say. And you know, we have to talk to a couple of soldiers too and see how their experience was. Yeah, that's true. In depth. That's very true because again, this is all just from feelings that I get from mm. hearing stories, hearing people, but I don't have firsthand experience. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm just speculating. Do you ever wish you did? Do you ever wish that you could have this i guess badge you know this stamp of approval where you could say like yeah okay maybe i wasn't born here but i went to your military in fact i went to the military and i consider myself i was a korean soldier do you ever wish you had the right to say that i do but not enough to make me want to do it <laughs> like i guess <laughs> uh -huh. i don't know just let me have the the badge you know without going through the service no but Yes and no, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, this is hard because this is hard. I was going to say at the end of the day, I'm still Korean, whether you like it or not, mm -hmm. and I should be treated as such. But I could see where I some see people might balk where the disconnect would be. Yeah, mm -hmm. because I didn't serve in the military, mm -hmm. which every Korean dude, unless they're injured or, you know, they have a special reason or they flee it um, like I don't have an excuse. Man, you know? so what a weird thing to say. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I want to bring something up real quick. Just mm -hmm. a little story for some of the older K-pop heads. You guys might know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know where you're going. Yeah. So you guys might know uh, one of the biggest K-pop stars in the 90s. I used to listen to him all the time. He was in his 20s at the time. And he essentially, he, flee, he fleed the country. Fled. Fled, <laughs> Fled the country. <laughs> and uh, went to go study English. No, uh -huh. just kidding. Uh, he... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so he he fled the country. Uh -huh. he, he he basically so that he wouldn't have to serve in the military. Oh, and that's right, for yes. those of you guys that don't know, even our K-pop stars, they're they're required to they're go. required to go. Yeah, BTS. When are you guys going? Mm -hmm. Didi. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So uh, so after he did that, like he basically got banned from the country. Everybody hated him. Yeah. So everybody hated him much because yeah, it was his. He was a Korean citizen, mm -hmm. and it was his duty mm -hmm. to go in the military and, he and went to serve. To the U.S. instead. Right. Did you watch that apology video? I did. I, I did. Watched, what I was it like last year or something like that? He came out. He was sitting in that room, and he was like yeah. apologizing. Yeah. And the Tetke were so mean. Oh man, yeah. Comments. And I think I remember reading about uh, the Korean government maybe reconsidering their decision. Oh. Now that he's in his, I think, late 30s, maybe really? early 40s. Yeah, I, I read something about sure, it last year. he wants year. to go home. Yeah. You know? So basically, that shows you just how much Korean society really takes this thing seriously. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm very sensitive to say, oh, I don't need to serve in the military and mm -hmm. you can call me Korean. Because mm -hmm. they basically, as a country, denounced him as Korean. Exactly. Yeah. Even though he's ethnically Korean. So, Citizenship originally too. So this thing is serious. And yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm being cautious with mm -hmm. my answer mm -hmm. because I don't want to just be very insensitive. Mm. And know, I can understand that. I think I think his punishment was very... Do you think it was fair? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that he does need to have some sort of punishment mm. for that. But I don't know. That was like two decades ago at this point what do you think about people like they're korean guy citizen and then they marry a foreigner woman and then take her country citizenship and then they don't have to go to korean military are they no longer korean because in a way you're kind of skipping so out. yeah so let me let me just say it from my perspective mm -hmm. all right 
I think you're still Korean no matter what because you're you're just you're Korean ethnically, mm. right? And you were also culturally Korean. Mm. So let's put it like that. I don't think it's right to dodge, but I can understand why people do it. It's just like finding loopholes in anything you do. Mm -hmm. You know, people who avoid paying taxes, they do it legally, mm -hmm. uh, but they avoid paying the government mm -hmm. by finding these loopholes. It's kind of like the you know a lot of people look down on that. Some people are like, oh, he's smart. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same, I guess, thing mm -hmm. where you find a loophole. Oh, I'm a married foreign woman, get their citizenship, and then I'll have to go to the military. So mm -hmm. it can be kind of similar. And you know, yeah. you're gonna have people on both sides. Well, we're, okay, we're gonna wrap the episode here. All right, I don't know how much more we can beat a dead horse, but it was very good to get into this speculative, hypothetical, is it real or not? question for yeah. us and if you are in that shoes where you're like should i get my citizenship or f4 visa you should definitely consider about the military see if that's something that you'd actually want to do and uh something i'm curious to hear from our listeners if they agree with us or not are you required to go to the military in order to actually be considered korean and the other question is say that you find a loophole you marry a foreigner woman and then you renounce your korean citizenship so you don't have to go to military is that right is that wrong i want to know okay so you can send us some mail at the happy project at gmail.com before we go can i read a little bit of listener mail yeah let's do okay it. oh by the way george's corner i don't have an email for us today i'm so sorry guys that's my bad for not getting things um, properly organized but stay tuned for the next episode we do have email from george and also we got a couple questions from you guys so i'm looking forward to hearing what he had to say in response to that Alrighty then well first i just wanted to say we posted uh the podcast our first video episode podcast we posted it on youtube you remember that i do remember okay so it was on youtube you're yeah. there I was there. That's right. A few days ago. And we got a lot of comments. I posted it in the Facebook group, uh, Subtle Mixed Traits. And I asked people, have you had, what's your experiences as mixed race dating? And we got a lot of interesting comments. Do you mind if I read a few? Yeah, let's go. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. I won't say any names, but I will put them out here. Now, some of the people who responded are not mixed Korean, but again, the subtle mixed traits, okay? But we had a lot of people saying like, oh, I had to tell my boyfriend's grandmother that I was actually half Spanish instead of half Mexican, otherwise she would judge mm. me. Things like that. People saying you can't meet certain family members because they're very racist. Um, we all also said, one girl was saying, I thought the guy I was dating and I were on the same page about trying to navigate our identities since he's also mixed. One day, he said he only identified as white culturally and would only want to bring up being Hispanic when it benefited him on an application. That's wow. so surprising yeah. to hear and rather hurtful. Uh, we had somebody come in who said, very nice podcast, subscribe for more content. Thank you. And as someone who is also black and Asian, I could relate to what Cedric was saying in terms of black American culture and expectations. I grew up seeing my mom struggle to communicate fully with my dad, and I think it's one of the main problems they had in their relationship. So for me, language is so important. And she talks a lot about that. And she's saying, I want to date and potentially marry someone who can communicate in Japanese with my mom 
and I have that cultural familiarity. We'll have to see what the future holds. Right. So that was another good comment we had. Honestly, you guys left so many good comments, so many good messages to this podcast, and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about what you have to say. Yeah, definitely join the conversation because you know we're offering our perspectives and opinions, mm -hmm. but it's much better when everyone else joins in the conversation. We can learn and grow from each other. I know. Honestly, we're, otherwise we're just two people looking at each other and pretending we're fancy yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's definitely not the case we definitely want your we want to hear what well. you have to say yeah all right do you have anything else that you wanted to mention before we leave uh i just wanted to say that i respect the military on both fronts mm -hmm. and uh you know i i do appreciate the service of not only our men in arms in the states but also in korea that's right. whether they want to go or not you know i i do respect them mm -hmm. and uh, for those of you guys that have yet to step in but mm -hmm. you're going to go there you know do it with honor yeah do it with pride and uh yeah you're definitely doing a good work whether you feel it or not it's so i really respect it and it's a hard choice to make but you're right do it with honor and we'll see you on the other side oh yeah okay thanks you guys so much for listening remember to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts you can also watch this on the youtube channel the happy project subscribe there as well if you have something to say send it over to the happy project at gmail.com wrap it up put it in the mailbox head it our direction and uh we'll see you next time thanks for listening we are the happy project Okay. I almost said it with you. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Is that why you're looking so, yeah. so weird? Yeah.